0: Now let's get to the show.
1: Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast.
0: Shout out to the deviant damsels and weed wenches. This is Billy Procida and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Look, I had to come up with those two little things on the, on the fly. Uh, I, I know I've done better intro-adjective-noun combos, but hey, everyone, how you doing? If you are new to my program, this is a podcast where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. Crazy, I know. However, this week's special guest is not one of my former flames. No, no, no. This week I've got on a fantastic guy, the chief co-conspirator and founder of a lifestyle group called NSFW. Daniel Saint is on the podcast this week, everybody, and I am so excited to share him with you all in a bit. But first, show dates, people, show dates. Okay, uh, actually, no show dates to announce at this present moment and time. I will say that last week's FanHor Facebook Live Hangout was a blast. Uh, that arguably might have been the most engaging and uh, best attended Facebook Live Hangout we've had ever. Uh, it was so much fun. And uh, don't worry, you can go and catch the replay video on the Man Whore Podcast Facebook page if you want to go see what questions were asked, what news I dropped, and all sorts of fun goodies. Uh, I want to start with some just like questions from the audience, uh, a little grab bag of goodies from you people. Uh, Owen is a uh, very enthusiastic fan whore, part of the uh, Patreon community that we have here at the Man Whore Podcast. He asked a question in our uh, secret Facebook group, The Champagne Room. He asked, Billy, what's on your big gay playlist? Uh, he He knows I have mentioned it. ...on more than one occasion, and uh, that's a good question. The Big Gay Playlist is something I started my senior year of college. is a very uh, carefully and uh, continuously updated playlist uh, <laughs> for my sad times. When Billy needs a good cry or Billy's trying to get over something... Uh, ...or if I just need to like feel my feels, I often will put on the Big Gay Playlist... Uh it's changed over the years but I'll read out what it is at the moment. It, you'll you'll notice that it um there's like a it, it there's like a mood, there's like an arc to it of sorts. This was made up uh, over many years of heartbreak. The big gay playlist. It starts with Shake It Out uh Florence and the Machine, right? Then uh, for self-validation, I have Fucking Perfect by Pink. I got to think about this. Beautiful by Christina Aguilera also belong in this playlist. Because if so, I feel like maybe it it goes after Fucking Perfect. Then I have this song called Needing Getting. It's by OK Go. And then there's this weird thing. It's called Prologue and Birth. It's by Audio Machine. It's not actually like a song with words. It's just like like an orchestral piece. And you may recognize it from the Life of Pi trailer. (laughs) <laughs> the trailer for the movie The Life of Pi. Um, it was in that, and it's just really moving for me and really helps me kind of relax a bit. Then there's this thing called The Old Triangle. Uh, I think it's a folk song, and it's from the Inside Lewin Davis soundtrack. That one just kind of makes me giggle and it, and it has the same vibe. Then, then we start our recovery process. Okay, we've been sad, we're down, we've had the chills in my shoulders. And then we start on with a A double whammy of fun, Carry On, and then Some Nights. Following that, we really just start to pick up the pace. We're going to go into Dog Days Are Over. We're back with Florence and the Machine. Yeah, turn the machine back on. I know you turned it off. You thought I was done with you. Turn the thing back on. I am not done with you, Florence. Plus machine. Uh, Then we have God is a DJ. It's It's a pink song I really like. And now we're going to start getting a little, we're going to get a little happier. God is God a DJ got me moving a bit. You know, it's got me being like, you know, okay. Okay. Donkey's of Over gets you jumping. God is a DJ has me dancing a little bit. Then we get to Grace Kelly by Micah. And oh boy, the, the fabulous uh, finger snapping is starting. <laughs> me attempting to hit high notes. And then, you know, just the ultimate fucking like, fuck you world. Uh, I'm a be me anthem. I got born this way by the Lady Gaga yeah i got some gaga the gaga of course is on the big a playlist it wouldn't be one without her uh (laughs) following born this way you got 22 by taylor swift raise your glass by pink since you've been gone by kelly clarkson those really just all get me dancing they get me bubbly they get me happier again uh then i got stronger uh from by kelly clarkson that's a not to not to be a, a mood killer, but if I make it to the this is the part of the playlist I don't always make it to. I've usually cheered myself up by around Born This Way. But if I make it to stronger, you know, it's just more to remind myself, hey, you're you're good, buddy. You're gonna be okay. But also, let's take the adrenaline down a little bit, and we, you know we relax a little bit more. We calm down. We got Mean by Taylor Swift because fuck you all bullies in high school. Uh, then yeah how do you like me now by Toby Keith which really just I, I don't know I feel like it's uh, all the the chorus is really all I need there but yeah it's a, how do you like me now it's a look at you everyone who doubted me in high school in grade school who said I was gonna be a 40 year old virgin who said I was a loser Jerry's still out on that one uh, uh any any uh, comedian when I started who said like I'm never gonna make it or I'm not gonna amount to anything I wasn't funny uh yeah fuck you here's a little Toby Keith for you and then uh, we end out the big gay playlist with Heroes by David Bowie because that was uh kind of the anthem closing song from Oscar snubbed film The Replacements starring Keanu Reeves <laughs> I didn't even know Heroes was a was a David Bowie song for like an embarrassingly long amount of time. I just knew it as the song in the replacements. I will survive. Also for me, not like some solo, sort of a, some classic, classic diva song. No, I just was like, Oh no, that's the song they do in the jail scene of the replacements. So that's my big gay playlist. Uh, I hear Spotify does playlists. I don't know if I should make one for y'all to listen to, and I can update it when I update it, but that's the thing. Owen, oh, thanks for asking. That was a long time to just explain a playlist, Jesus Christ. Okay, this next one is a uh, Facebook message that came in uh, through the Manor Podcast fan page. It comes from Richie. He says, hey, Billy, my name's Richie. I just told you all that, so that was redundant. Uh, My name's Richie, and I just wanted to say I'm a new but huge fan of your podcast. I found out about it while looking up polyamory because after discovering that I am poly, me and my fiance have been doing a lot of research on it and how to make it work for our relationship. I've found that listening to your podcast really helps because in a lot of ways, I relate to you a lot and some of your past experiences. Keep up the great work. I look forward to the next Man Whore Con because uh, I missed this year's and I plan on being a Patreon supporter ASAP and being in next year's Man Con. Can't wait. Richie. Uh, Richie. Thank you for uh, thank you for sharing. Thanks for writing in. Really, I just wanted to use your message as a segue into discussing ManwhoreCon 2018. Oh, yeah. Uh, next year's manhorcon look, I just finished, I just wrapped ManwhoreCon in October. I'm ready for next year. I'm like, let's fucking get started, and I need your help in the planning process. So right now, I've got a survey out there. I've got a ManwhoreCon survey. Uh, it's going to help... It's got some questions, only takes about a minute to fill out. Ask some demographic questions and some preference questions. And this, this survey is really important for next year's con because this survey is going to help me determine when Manhorcon is. How much is it going to cost? What type of, 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 what type of events uh, are we going to have? What type of goodies are going to be in the swag bag? And a whole lot more. So please, if you can, head on over to manhorpodcom slash I'm not asking to answer a whole bunch of questions for nothing. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm giving out some man whore podcast swag. Sure. For every 100 people who fill out the survey, I will give out randomly. I'll do a random drawing. Uh, I'll give out a free stay slutty button. I'll mail you a free button. That says stay slutty. It's really cool. Go to manhorpodcom slash Fill out the survey. You'll be entered to win a stay slutty button. Uh, the more people who do the survey, the more buttons I'm gonna send out, and then hopefully uh, by January I will, I'll have an idea of at least when Khan will be, and we can start again, amped up and excited for it. Uh, I'll be I'll be selecting those uh, winners. By the way, uh, December thirtieth. Yeah, that's plenty of time. Do the survey today, though. Get it out of the way. You know why bother. I'll remind you the next couple of weeks, but just go ahead and do it now. manorpodcom slash There'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, also, before we get to this week's guest, Daniel Saint, I just want to say a thank you, by the way, to uh, I, Christmas came early for me. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, I've gotten, uh, you know, ask and you shall receive, I guess. I embarrassingly put out a holiday wish list on my social media. Cause I figured, why not? I thought maybe I'll get a couple of books. That would be nice. Um, I got. I've already received a a fifty dollar Amazon gift card. Thank you, Chris, for that. Uh, I got a pair of blue suede shoes from Austin. Holy shit! Uh, thank you for the new Converse, buddy. Uh, I got a copy of Intuitive Eating from Rebecca. It's a book about eating. Cause Billy's got issues. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, and your really sweet note inside. Uh, that was really nice of you. I'm, uh, thanks for sharing. And, uh, and uh, I already mentioned uh, last week that someone got me a $400 Southwest gift card, and I'm kind of just like in awe. That's paid for my flights to Las Vegas for the AVN Awards and uh, to the West Coast, where I'm going to go get some more episodes for you all. And then also somebody bought me a bed. What the fuck is wrong with you people? You're all crazy and insane. And I love you all so much. Um, so shout out to to Chrissy and David for the bed and a couple of uh, memory foam pillows. I'm very excited to build it when it gets here. But yeah, they bought me a... F- they said, hey, we want to buy you a bed. Here's the budget. Pick something out. I was like, uh, are you sure? Th- then then they reminded me that he's a doctor. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? That's fine. He He can swing that. <laughs> So thank you to everyone who's like getting me stuff. It's very uncomfortable, but like very awesome because, you know, I'm trying to hopefully get my entire personal economy to be based off of like my listeners buying me nice things. And then that gets me through uh, that, gets, that gets me through this life. Uh, so now for this week's guest, Daniel Saint, Daniel Saint, I read about, I want to say like a year ago, I was on a bus and even months before then there was like drama in polyland because uh, or in sex party land because he was like he was, he was starting his lifestyle membership club organization of sorts NSFW the new society for wellness and he was charging money for sex parties he was charging membership fees to be able to have the right to buy a ticket to go to sex parties and to attend sex education workshops Kink workshops, classes, etc. And so people were mad. They were hating. I'm gonna be uh, and and I was like, oh, who's this douchebag? <laughs> let me let me read about that. Then I read it and I was like, ah, like wh- it seems like people are mad because they're they need to be mad for at something. But then also I was like, I don't know about this guy. It was like a worst case scenario. Maybe he's kind of a dick, but like there's nothing morally wrong with being a little bit of a dick. Cause like, I'm a proud asshole myself. I just got myself a t-shirt that says assholes live forever. Cause I'm just fucking done with it all. You know? But I was like, I got to talk to this guy. Like mm, I'm interested. And I'm so glad I did. Holy shit. Daniel and I actually uh, co- uh, connected before we did our episode. He did a uh, sex education workshop at Manhorkon. He presented an enthusiastic consent class. As part of Manhurcon, yeah, we got to go to the clubhouse, which was cool as shit. And then he gave us his like whole PowerPoint presentation, and we and then we had a little discussion group about consent and about play parties and etiquette. Uh, we had some swingers there who like they didn't use like our terminology, but we were saying the same. So it was interesting, like translating my sex pause play party lingo into swinger lingo. Uh, and he was fantastic. Then we had this really cool conversation. It was like a really cool guy. He's got some really big fucking ideas and, you know, really wants to change the world. And I don't see nothing wrong with that. He's, uh, he's a cool dude. So I think you're all really going to enjoy my conversation with him. To all of my $5 and up members on Patreon, you're going to enjoy a, an additional bonus episode with Daniel tomorrow where we discuss uh, the mixture of uh, cannabis and sex. or uh, We talk a lot about like drugs and sex and a little bit of consent thrown in there too. Really cool chat and if you want to get access to that, become a member at patreoncom podcast. But for all of you, sit back, relax and enjoy my conversation with the chief conspirator of NSFW, Daniel Saint.
1: Yeah, we were fucking a lot. It was it was
0: <laughs> That sounds like a
1: unproductive move in. No, no, not for the move in. But just for the event itself, it it got really, it was really sexy. I was really happy. Like just. Oh, you are talking about the the weekend parties? Yeah, the weekend party this weekend. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's pretty nuts. You talking about moving with the boyfriend?
0: Oh yeah, I was I was talking about moving with the boyfriend, not the the clubhouse. Yeah, it's good. Sex parties boring to me. Tell me about love. (laughs) Tell me about
1: your love life. Yeah, I mean it's (laughs) great. I'm just it's. I get really excited when I have spaces to um you know work on and and i can decorate i really enjoy like creating spaces so um yeah moving in there has been good because i'm just like okay here's everything we're getting rid of and here's everything we're adding to it and like we're creating a whole little sanctuary and it's just so much light and just like perfect so um i'm excited about creating a little meditative getaway from all the sex and drugs space did, did you get
0: any pushback from the boo about that? Just like
1: no, he's like, like those super are, excited. That's yeah. where my
0: DVDs go. My DVDs do not move. I they feel, need to stay in that order.
1: I honestly feel he's just moving me in to decorate. Like I'm mm-hmm. not sure he actually loves me. I really just think he wants he wants a, a nicer place to live in, and he's gonna kick me out.
0: In Manhattan, it's cheaper than actually hiring an interior designer. Pretty much, right? <laughs> like that's
1: gotta be a, that's definitely cheaper. It's like ah, oh, I'm just gonna have this fake relationship. It's all right. It's all right.
0: Uh yeah. I just usually find like one of those little spots to fade in. That's no, okay. We're good. Right, but be- actually, right before we start, he's like, "Yeah, you know, just you know, living here at the clubhouse, going to be interrupted. It's not conducive to uh, to a boyfriend." <laughs> Because people want to pop in all the time. You're a popular dude, Daniel Saint. You're popular. See how I introduced you right there? Very smooth, very Good. subtle, very yeah. just like, oh, that's just natural conversation. Totally natural conversation. I normally say people's first and last names when I'm talking directly to them. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I am here with Daniel Saint, the the founder, the I chief, guess, conspirator. chief conspirator of NSFW.
1: The new society for wellness.
0: Which I just realized was what? The name stood for,
1: uh, <laughs> uh, thank, thanks for chatting with me, dude. Uh,
0: you did a wonderful, uh, class during man whore con was that how we, yes, how to
1: ask for it? sex, which was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Which I didn't know how that was going to, I didn't realize it was an enthusiastic consent workshop. I thought it was going to be like, all right, guys, this is how you ask for some ass or for some dick or whatever. <laughs> this is how you get it. No, it was just one. It was a wonderful surprise. And you had this slideshow and you had taught everyone about, you know, how to, be safe and fun at parties and how you can like be and make asking for sex sexy.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's what's really important. It's the idea that, you know, when you're asking for sex, you're conversing about sex. And mm-hmm. so much of our mission is increasing the conversations around sex, having people feel comfortable talking about what they want sexually and helping them get on a path of sexual enlightenment,
0: mm-hmm.
1: sexual enlightenment. What yeah. what on earth is that? Um, sexual enlightenment is a, uh, it means a couple of things for us, but really it's uh, the idea that, you're comfortable with yourself and you're comfortable with things that you want sexually. You're comfortable with communicating that with your partners. Um, And you're realizing that sex is more than just a numbers game. You know, it's not just about the amount of partners you have, but the type of experiences you have with those partners. Um, So it goes into understanding what you want sexually, what your partner wants sexually, whether you want to explore kinks or BDSM or you know, more tantric or karma sutra, you know, understanding the full spectrum of what it means to be a sexual being. Um, and then reaching that point of enlightenment where you – kind of don't give a fuck about what <laughs> anyone thinks about because you're just having so much sex and enjoying yourself <laughs> so much <laughs> it's kind of
0: like unplugging from the matrix of the world that like says like well this is you know men you gotta chase the ladies and ladies you gotta pretend you don't want it and queers like we don't know what to do with you just be quiet over there <laughs> you stay over there you're just like yeah, you you're a thing <laughs> you can be here just keep be quiet about it uh, uh but but the whole sexual enlightenment thing is just realizing you know it's like the whole you do you boo boo Multiplied by a thousand
1: pretty much. Yeah, it's 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 definitely that um, and it's something that we teach a lot about at NSFW We're very focused on this idea of getting people outside of the norm in terms of when it comes to you know, thinking about sex where you know, it is monogamy It is you know with a single partner it is, you know Scheduled sometimes to once a week or once a month or you never have sex and you lose that ability to be a sexual being and you Lose the ability to connect with people uh, with sex, which I think is so important especially now with just how shit's going down like Mm. the world's getting it to become a scarier place we're seeing more and more um, people who are just disconnecting and and losing that connection Um, everything that's happening with social media and everything else like that is just really bringing a darker uh, type of human being into the world so sexual enlightenment and understanding how sex applies to you and how to have better sex and enjoy it more and you know it be more enthusiastic and it be more about, you know, the excitement of discovery is is big.
0: Yeah. Did you, uh, I, I, did you like that moment where we had, you know, it was my fans are like sex positive people, but we had that, that swinger couple that was amongst them and the wife, not the husband, you know, it was not the person you'd expect needed this to be explained, <laughs> yeah. but right. Right. Like you think, you know, she'd be hitting him, but like, yes, you're supposed to ask. We had to explain to this wife and they're this attractive swinger couple. They've been in the oh, life for a long time. They're in like, you know, their mid forties. And so this idea of, like, enthusiastic consent isn't something that yeah, like, they came up with. And she was so confused.
1: She's like, do people actually do that? I'm like, yes. Yeah. It's like, no. But at the party, if people do that, it's like, yes. <laughs>
0: but, and I love the moment where the husband was like, he was trying to, like, translate it into swinger terminology yeah. for her. She's like, oh, yeah, we do. We just don't call it that. Yeah, yeah And it yeah. Was, it's kind of, like, cool to see, like, an older dog learn new tricks, yeah. so to
1: speak. Yeah. Um, I mean, so much of our audience is, you know, younger and and. You know, a lot of it is they're kind of entering into their own sexuality and they're understanding their own, you know, place in in, in their sex life and, and how they want to behave. Um, but when we get to talk to older couples, we always find it to be really interesting because a lot of these concepts are just unknown. You know, a lot of these concepts haven't existed. And, you know, it is teaching old dogs new tricks. But, you know, most of those tricks are, are fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so, wait, so why don't you explain what NSFW is?
1: Yeah, um, so NSFW, um, which is uh, the new Society for Wellness, is a social club. Um, We also have an agency where we work with brands in the spaces of sexual wellness and cannabis. Um, We push forward a mission that basically states that um, people should reach sexual enlightenment. People should discover a path of uh, connecting that's focused on sex uh, and people deserve to know the benefits of cannabis and the benefits of medicinal cannabis and how that can impact their lives and get them off of prescription pills and get them out of addiction. Um, so it seems very you know lofty, but a lot of it is focused on teaching about all the different types of sex that you can have. Uh, we offer classes on a weekly basis. Uh, we created a safe space in Williamsburg where people can come and experience and meet other members. Um, and then we created uh, a couple of larger events like Danquit, which is our... Cannabis uh, Supper Club and Playdate, which is our big play party and has been really, really successful for us. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and how long has NSFW been around?
1: Um, I started focusing on it full-time in January. Uh, before then, I was workshopping for about two years on just the events themselves, figuring out exactly who our masters were, who lead our classes. We have 24 masters who teach, um, Figuring out what our classes are. So we developed SubDom and FemDom and... Um, learn the ropes, which is our Japanese rope bondage class, um, how to ask for sex. Um, we did some classes of more focus on like adventurous stuff. Mm. We believe that, you know, adventure is an important part of people's lives and increasing your your heart rate and increasing your your adrenaline is really, really important to live a longer, happier life. So we have um, classes like how to shoot at poker and how to pickpocket and stuff like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I heard I heard, <laughs> about, I heard about the how to pickpocket one. I'm like really like i want to take it but also like that's probably not chill it's, um <laughs> do you also like teach like who to pickpocket like don't pickpocket the tourists who like really can't afford you to <laughs> like uh, i don't know yeah hopefully none of us need to pickpocket. i hope you sprinkle on just like, a pinch of ethics like throughout yeah yeah, it. yeah
1: i mean i think just like target
0: it, people in suits yeah exactly start there L- go for the suits. uh go for the <laughs> and, suits and this is laws. like a membership club there's like they yeah. pay dues and all that it's stuff, a it's a private members club so it's like a um, country club just you know but like with fucking and we yeah with fucking and weed which arguably i think some of the best country clubs are still do though
1: (laughs) you you dope. there's just a little Uh, bit more racism involved when they do it there's a little tinge more of racism yeah Yeah, it's a private club um you know members apply uh it's about a six-month wait list right now um, and yeah, once you, what now is it a six month wait list? Like that sounds so arbitrary. Is it like waiting for someone else to die or drop out or is it, you just make people wait six months? Well, we're currently at 675 members. We get about five to 10 applicants per day. It's just a matter of time for how long it takes to kind of go through all that.
0: Oh, oh, so that's just about a matter of like clearing thing, uh, like like looking into them. You do background, like what do you? Yeah, so what? Yeah,
1: was that people submit their LinkedIn profiles? I thought Facebook this was profiles. just like we're
0: gonna make them wait six months see if they're still around. Uh, like no, like it's, it's Fight Club. It's just be like just, it's, stand it's, outside it's, on the porch.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like that. Honestly, it's just it's <laughs> it, it just it's easier to say that because then you know if we sure. if we don't say that then people <laughs> after like a week or two are start contacting us or they you know start reaching out. Like we have people who we have some people who know where the clubhouse is or Uh figured it out and they'll just appear at an event through like lots of Instagram posts there. Yeah. They kind of like in their, in their bedroom,
0: they have like all these like (laughs) pictures print out and like push pins and, and (laughs) and lines drawn. And there's a circle around your face with a big question mark. Who's the kingpin? Yeah,
1: pretty much. And we've had people just like show up. Um, now we had, then we had to introduce like access passes and door people and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it just it takes a long time because you know we are we're good on membership right now. Yeah, we don't want more members right now. Um, honestly, like um, until we can get a second clubhouse put together, uh, we're probably you know not going to be accepting. And also, like it just adds like value to it. And and sure. realizing like, okay, it took a long time for me to get here. It took a long time for me to finally get through the doors of this place. Like, let me not fuck it up by. Being a creeper, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's important as well, like having people have respect for um, what we're trying to do and a, and a better understanding of what we're trying to do. And I think, you know, that's time. It takes time to, to get to that level. So
0: it's interesting because uh, I've heard, you know, different clubs have their different ways of getting people to, I, to instill that fear of being the creeper, because if you just go to some swinger club down on the Lower East Side, there's really no fear. There's like you paid money and like the worst case scenarios get kicked out that night and like you'll probably be back next week yeah. but you know um like kinky salon and like their offshoots all have like the pal system right the, yeah yeah that thing where it's like you got to go with somebody And if you fuck up we're kicking both you and your friend out or hacienda you know that one's like referral based so you know you're careful of who you refer because if who you refer fucks up it, it'll it they'll trace it back it, yeah. yeah and then maybe you can't invite other people or maybe you get revoked and for you guys it's like the exclusivity yeah it's like i waited online for so fucking long,
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna rape anybody. If I had, if
0: I had to wait like a week, I mean, I might have, but yeah. like six
1: months. Yeah. If you're waiting um, six months to get into a place, you're probably not gonna rape anyone. Hopefully, right? <laughs> hopefully, but, <laughs> yeah. But
0: what um, have you all had to deal with infractions or incidences, or like, do you have like a system in place? For that,
1: yeah, and I think it's just you know part of our evolution. Um, you know, when we first came into this, really just looking at how a lot of the poly scene in New York was handling it, mm-hmm. looking at events like um, that were taking place and and what they instilled. Um, we you know followed some of those guidelines, but we've developed a lot of our own. Um, so every single large event always has guardians. The guardians are clearly marked. They're there to make sure everyone stays hydrated and make sure everyone plays safe. Um, safe in the sense of like you know sure. no one's you know doing crazy stuff or no one's like passing out from anything. Um, so that's important. We have the creeper report that gets sent out after every event where you can report anyone and any behavior that you felt was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and we definitely had, you know, certain people where it's like, well, they were standing at the doorway for a little bit too long and they didn't, weren't getting the hint that we weren't interested and they just kind of like, we're watching and we're like, okay, know yeah, that's definitely creepy so <laughs> um we have things like that that happen um, and do you follow up with that type of stuff like with the individual people
0: is it just go into like
1: their file i mean like what's yeah so we we have a not really a file but we have obviously membership profiles they build a profile sure. when they join um so we're able to identify who the person was pretty quickly based off descriptions and just knowing who what who's in there from the guest list um and then we'll contact them um based off the level of the infraction it really determines what the action is that's taken. Sure. So it might be something as simple as like you have to attend or how to ask for sex class, or it might be your membership suspended for a month, two months, three months, or it might be something serious where we're, you know, talking to the person who might be the victim and saying like, mm-hmm. Hey, do you want to pursue something on this? Because obviously, you know, if you felt like this happened and, and this thing took place, like we are here to support you in any way mm-hmm. for what you think should be. But a lot of it comes down to just talking to the member and figuring out what's the best course of action. Um, but it's, it's been good so far. I think, you know, we've produced over 250 events now. We've had three incidents where someone felt, was someone, on one, you know, didn't react well. One where mm. some guy touched a girl without asking and, like, touched her dress. And she was like, no, thank you. Like, you know, please don't touch my dress. Yeah. And he had an attitude about it. Yeah. so it was, like, it's really minor stuff that ends up happening, um, which has been good.
0: But it's good to always, like, anticipate and be ready for it should something yeah. really bad happen. We also have, like, uh, the know, code could,
1: of conduct and stuff. Yeah. We have our like our belief system, which is something that people read and, and agree to before they join. What is the NSFW belief system? Ah, uh, we believe in a better world through sex and cannabis. Um, really just the idea that uh, we can't treat sex like a demonized thing and we can't treat sex like something that is sinful and bad. Um, we have to really treat it as something that's holy and, and really given to us um, as something for us to explore and enjoy. Um, same with cannabis. It's another thing that's been given to us that has been demonized. Um, so we believe in the undemonization of sex and cannabis and a better understanding of drugs in general to live a better life.
0: Interesting. You tie the stigmatizations of both that no one I don't think ever usually does together. People go like, well, people stigmatize sex and people stigmatize weed, which is like not harmful. Right. And, uh, but you're like, no, they're like, they're stigmatized in a similar way. They shouldn't be there. You know, we we were, you say we're given it. Yeah. It's like we're given this like negative
1: outlook on these things that don't have to be negative. That's, exactly. that's
0: pretty cool. Why why start a sex weed party club? <laughs>
1: why um, <laughs> you know, it's it's really about influencing change and for me NSFW is a long-term play. So, um you know, there there are certain things that I want in my life one day that I want to be able to have available to me. You know, like gays being able to marry and being able to marry, you know, my boyfriend is a, is a big thing that was given to us and a, a really major thing in the future. If I so choose to marry my boyfriend and my girlfriend, I want that to be an option that's Mm -hmm. available to me. In order for us to push that type of messaging out there, we have to get a lot of like-minded people. Uh, We have to get influential like-minded people and people who have an impact in this world uh, to make that change. Um, So... Yeah, future aspirations for myself really deemed the need for, you know, a sex club. Um if you look at history, uh like even the formation of America with Benjamin Franklin happened at a sex club. Happened at happened a sex at club. Sex... Happened at a sex club. <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't know if that's real. No, really. Um, oh, real. <laughs> there was a group called the Hellfire Club and Benjamin Franklin through A lot of the start of the American Revolution would go to Paris and Ireland and attend the parties that they would host there, which were basically sex parties. And they had, like, the largest porn collection in the world there. And every top politician and aristocrat in Paris uh, and around Europe would go to these events. And he would make connections that allowed him to have the support of the French uh, through the American Revolution. So um, any positive change? Will you send us uh, some men
0: and guns and ships? You can fuck my wife. (laughs) Yeah. Good trade. That's diplomacy.
1: <laughs> That's true diplomacy. Um, but I feel like there's real connections that are formed um, when you're sharing in sexual experiences mm-hmm. with people. There are real connections that are formed. And even within our community and within the people who've joined, like you see these friendships grow. You see these connections grow. It becomes more about networking mm-hmm. a lot than just, you know, I'm going to a sex club. You want to go to a sex club? You want to go fuck around? Like There's so many options for that. NSFW is really a place where... We've curated some of the best people in New York mm-hmm. and around the world now um, to co- bring them together to, to make some of these changes and to just change ideas around what it means to be sexually free.
0: Nice. Nice. And where, I mean, where do you come from before
1: that? I mean, what's like what like what you do for work before starting the fucking sex club? Um, I was a fashion blogger uh, for 14 years uh, about I started a fashion blog called fashion indie um, that really just skewered the industry and just like kind of made fun of certain things. Uh, It was called like the Perez Hilton of fashion, which was annoying, but fine.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Not, not bad to be tied to like a a bigger name. At the time it was great.
1: Like now it's like, he's like, whatever. But, um, at the time where he's like the biggest blogger, it was kind of like nice to be like, okay, I'm like that, that in a sense for this industry. Um, and then just started consulting with brands and luxury side. So worked with Louis Vuitton and Burberry and Mercedes Benz on various things. And, um, really just, um, kind of pioneered the whole influencer marketing world, Mm. um, Then uh became CMO of a fashion brand called Rebecca Minkoff, did that for a little bit, and then launched an agency called Socialite, merged that company with Nylon Magazine, uh, and then ran a lot of stuff there. So I've been mostly in the brand side. You've been professionally cool for
0: like a long time.
1: (laughs) That's that's what I heard from that. There's a lot
0: of like names of stuff that I don't think I can afford to know. But I'm like, yeah, these all sound like cool, like hip yeah. Saturday night arc light type things. Yeah, I uh, did
1: a lot of fashion parties, produced a lot of events, galas, things like that. Um, You know, when you get invited to like the best parties or say, you know, they think of them, um, you realize what goes into producing a good event. Um, and have done so much event production that, uh, when I would go to play parties or other events, I just realized there was so much missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much that I just felt needed to be there to attract the type of audience that I so want. So you
0: were already have. going to sex parties back then?
1: Yeah. I've been going to sex parties now for almost 20 years. I feel. Um, wow. How old am I? Wait, uh,
0: Yeah. I was gonna, I
1: was gonna say, yeah, how old are you? It's like, hard to do. More <laughs> no, I mean, I would say like for now, maybe like yeah just about like 15 years i've been going to play parties you're like
0: in your mid-30s right like 33 okay you're 33 yeah. okay yeah, yeah yeah 50 oh wow
1: okay Yeah. so for a while um and the, before i was doing that I was you running, grew up here yeah i was born in the in the bronx
0: okay yeah yeah i because i also started going to sex parties like in my very early 20s so i kind of get that like having been here for a decent chunk of time you, you know yeah, exposed so much
1: you kind of see a lot and you know other parties too like just fashion parties and stuff and you know some of those like mansion parties in the hamptons that's like thrown by you know some random like i think the capital one dude um anyway so i've seen a lot and just realized what was missing you know if it's a expensive party where it's like you know at a mansion or something women are treated like objects if it's a you know party at someone's house it's not necessarily the best crowd if it's some random thing that's posted on craigslist you know, you're going to have a lot of randoms and stuff like that, and there was just things missing in the whole placing that I felt needed to be there. One selectivity, want two, you know, a, a age range that kind of made sense for the type of people we wanted to be connected to, um, and three, a, a bigger mission—not just about fucking, but more about you know how this applies to changing um, individuals.
0: Sure. So what what like um, what determines membership? Like, do you have an age? Range? Do you, I mean like? Do you have like a cutoff? Do can people age out of NSFW? Do you have like body standards? I mean, what's um? So we have a council. Um, I mostly just understand like, are my love handles too big for NSFW? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get at. Uh,
1: we have a council that makes all the decisions. I found that when I had to make the decisions, um, I would get a lot of people asking me to join. Uh, so now there's a council of about 12 people who review at the applicant and then uh-huh. choose and decide yes or no. So that's a big reason why it takes so long to approve members because we have a lot of people kind of weighing in. We're going to getting 12 that. people
0: in New York City to get to anything at the same exact time is pretty difficult.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Especially <laughs> yeah. deciding like, do we want to fuck this person or not? Yes yeah. or no. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so
0: is it all based on looks? Is it based off like, do they, I mean, is there's it, a couple different things? Do you write um, an essay? Do you have to?
1: So when they apply, they're asked, you know, how they can contribute to NSFW, uh-huh. what type of things they can bring into the community. Um, they're asked, you know, what they're trying to get out of NSFW. Um, if someone's just saying I want to fuck like crazy, like then obviously that's probably not the best person for us. Um, we ask for their social media profiles so we can see one the type of friends they have, the type of adventures that they're currently going on. You know, are they well traveled? Are they experiencing life in a in an interesting way? Um, we also like to know, like you know, what type of career they have and or what type of path they're on. We tend to attract more artists and creatives. Um, we have a lot of CEOs, thirty under thirties, a um, couple celebrities. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of like pulling through that to figure out who makes sense. Um, I think we'll eventually close membership and just make it invite only. You don't Mm -hmm. have to be invited by a member. Um, but we're waiting to see if we want to do that just yet. And this year was really Like, our focus was just getting the word out there. And my goal for this year was let's destigmatize sex clubs. So when I say I run a sex club, people don't look at me like I have three heads. Yeah. And they look at me and say, like, how do I get in?
0: (laughs) Yeah, but also, like, I mean, no matter what we do, like, there's always going to be people who look at you like you have three heads just because if you do anything in the sex world at all, people
1: look at me like I have three heads. Yeah. You know? Uh, I mean, yeah, that always happens. And all three heads have thin hair. It's, uh, (laughs) sadly. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that'll always happen. And there'll always be an element of that. But I, I would say that you know this past year of really just getting it out there, I've seen a shift in like how some of the other parties are approaching things. I've seen a shift in how like people are behaving towards it, which I think is our angle. You know, we want to destigmatize these things. We want to make them more everyday conversation, and in doing so, we want more and more people, even people who are not members, to be comfortable with the idea of sex, to be comfortable with the idea of going to a sex party. You know, we've had now close to fifteen thousand people apply for membership. Um, which is a good indicator. That's a good amount of people out there who want to get it on in a sense. (laughs) Absolutely. What's your, what's your favorite like party you've thrown like theme or Um, all saints day. It's my birthday. Um, (laughs) So all saints day, everyone's required to dress as a religious character. Um, I was a cardinal. Uh, a friend of mine who was uh, around earlier was a rabbi. We had um, some girls in hijibs. We had some <laughs> we had some Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses. And it was, was there just, any like hot particular scene? Did you see like
0: an interesting mix of like different religions get yeah, together? Yeah, there
1: was a nun and um, a hijib girl uh getting at it, which was really cool. And then um a girl dressed as um an Orthodox Jew got involved. So it was like three girls really just kind of doing their thing. And uh, did you solve world peace? Like did we, we figure did. out the we Middle did. East conflict we at the litter- end of that? By the end of the night, there was there was definitely peace. <laughs> there were some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's okay. probably one of my favorite because everyone like gets in costume. Um and then other than that, Playdate is always fun. Playdate has been, you know, definitely one of our like well, that's your normal party right that's, that's where you're, like, like your regular yeah, that's a, the big one we have amazing DJs who come through we've had um you yeah, know and
0: that's just... all in this house cuz right yeah. now I, to describe the people uh you know i'm in this like clubhouse that has like all these different floors this reminds me of like hacienda without all the people who live there Yeah, the part you know yeah, yeah. like multiple floors you probably purpose different floors differently there's all i mean it's decorated amazingly there's all it's just it's just a cool vibe like the first season of true detective without murder like (laughs) (laughs) he's like random things um it's it's a really cool vibe and this is just exactly the type of thing i know uh, that attracted me to the parties that i go to in the first place uh
1: yeah i mean creating the space is always important um and we wanted to have a space that just felt um pretty chill i mean right now we're going through like we have renovations that are happening over the next like two weeks as uh we prepare for the next play date But, um, yeah, it takes place here. We have about 200 guests that come through. Mm. Um, We have DJs that play throughout the night. There's, like, a meal that's kind of prepared for people to enjoy and and eat throughout the evening, like, small bites and stuff. And, you know, cocktail bar and just kind of the whole experience of it. For for this next one, we're excited because we have, like, Motor Bunny and we have... um, Um, extreme restraints is one of our partners. So we're finishing Mm. up our dungeon, which will be really exciting to finally have our dungeon done. Nice. Is Um, that downstairs? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, we got a whole bunch of stuff from, um, a couple of the like more extreme toy companies, which Mm. is good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's solely, it always evolves. Like the one thing that members always say is like the house always looks different and every single event we literally, design things differently. We set up things differently based off the amount of people coming, whether we're doing classes back there, you know, in our back section or in the, in the main section, like it always changes. But um, yeah, it's like a house party first. And yeah. then if you go to a good house party, those places of fuck. So
0: well, what first attracted you to sex parties in the first place, because you said you've been going to them since you know, college. So when People ask me, I'm like, I don't know. I answered a Craigslist ad, and it's like, hmm. you know, I behaved properly at the first bukkake. I got invited to more bukkakis. Then they were like, you've been on good, kid, like Farm League. We're going to now recruit you. Do you want to come to the sex party? I'm like, all right, I'll do my best. Uh, <laughs> you, did, you had to go the bukkake
1: route. Like, yo, yeah, you were great at those Like, so I was big
0: over. on the bukkake scene. Uh, the local <laughs> New York bukkake <laughs> scene really you came were, up the ranks. Making,
1: you were making <laughs> some moves in the bukkake scene.
0: They were starting to be like, you know, kids coming twice, you know, each event. So, you know, maybe he deserves a shot
1: at the next league. <laughs> Really, it's yeah, really <laughs> yeah it's, some it's, guy
0: jefferson <laughs> bites he used to run a thing called the the Bukaki social club ah, nice. and i just he just kept inviting me it was so weird because he he would charge people but he wouldn't charge me he was impressed yeah you were, I,
1: you were performing well yeah <laughs> and then
0: eventually he invited me to the, my first hacienda and, and it's all fucking unfurled from there so what was your like gateway in
1: Um, I don't know. I I think like I was because I didn't come out as bisexual until like maybe three years ago. Okay. Um, But before then, I would always check out like the different scenes. I always Did you know that you were bisexual or did it take long to figure it out? Pretty much. I mean, I thought I was gay at first when I was younger because I just like had an attraction to men. I was like, oh, if you're if you have any attraction to men, then you're definitely going to be gay. So I just assumed that maybe I was gay, but Uh wasn't comfortable with it. And then got married. Um, and I obviously Whoa. still attract was attracted to women. I was married for, you know, six years. Um, but uh, going to sex parties
0: during those six years, or was it like a fairly fairly it was like a very, it was a very
1: Monogamous relationship. Um, and yeah, it was more mainly about the two of us. Before then, I definitely did go to things and you know, during then you know we there were some things that would happen but um what what happened to the attraction the men during those 6 years of the the monogamous uh, it was marriage? still there it was just more subdued like more just kind of in the back burner type of thing did you feel like you were missing out or like what's what's the feelings going on there i just didn't feel like i was myself i just felt like i was what someone wanted me to be and i was so in love and so about that person that I just really just let myself not be myself. And it was more about her and more about, you know, what made her happy. And I, unfortunately over time just got depressed by it. And, you know, I turned 30 and I just realized like, I am not living my life in the way that I should be. I'm not exploring the things that I want to. I'm not doing the things that I want to. And like, how much longer can I do this? You know, there's nothing else after this life for me, in my opinion, like, is this all that it's going to be? I think at that point I just realized like I need to make a change. Um, And yeah, NSFW was always something that I wanted to do. I didn't really know exactly what it would be. I knew it would be something sex related. Uh, Initially, I wanted it to be like kind of a high end fashion porn magazine type thing and Mm -hmm. create videos that were a little bit more elevated. I always felt that there was a need to elevate sex and to take it to a different level and to present it in a way that would get more people into it and excited about it. And it wouldn't feel as much of a stigma. And I think, you know, after like legalization of gay marriage, after all these strides were being made in the LGBT community, you know, I felt like I really should be openly bisexual. Like I knew at that time I was, and I knew for a while, but I just didn't feel I could be. And then once I did, and and really started pursuing NSFW, I realized that the thing that was missing was education. Mm-hmm. You know, there was there wasn't really proper sex education, and not a place where you can learn. Like I'd go to like Bayland and all those like blowjob classes and stuff, and you learn, but you don't practice. And if you're just learning and not putting into practice, then it's not a true belief.
0: And you're so. like, I need to practice my blowjobs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I new, newly buy and I need. I need to practice. These I need to practice. Yeah.
1: Um, and also, I just I was not attracted to any of the other sex parties. Like I, mm-hmm. I just I, you know I wasn't really finding. The types of things that I wanted from them. Um, but
0: what were the sex parties of like the what years? It's 2017, so like of like the early aughts. Like what are those? And like, um, but were, what were
1: those like? Like, well, I mean, it was weird. It was just you know, it was like a group of people who'd find out about it from Craigslist. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have dating apps, so it wasn't like you were connecting with people and creating your own little things. It was you know about 50 people in some random space. It was one I went to in Tribeca, right next to Tribeca Grand Hotel, where. They served baked ZD and it seemed like <laughs> someone's mom had done the catering and they had like Oreos out of the package and I was just like, Oh, this is so disgusting. Ugh. <laughs> yeah It was like that doesn't make me feel sexy it was just like there were so many elements that didn't make sure. me feel sexy and like there wasn't a set dress code like people weren't required to look a certain way so there wasn't set up. design
0: like this yeah there
1: was no set design <laughs> i well, needed i needed fashion show production of my sex party um and there weren't like elements that made you say wow you know like i whenever we produced events um in the past there was always like that one thing that everyone talked about that mm. one scene that one thing and it just didn't happen you know it was like just a group of people coming together to fuck and someone who wanted to make money from it. And, you know, they didn't even have condoms like available, you know, <laughs> like stuff like that. So it was just like how fucked
0: up are we that we go to like just a, a, a bland sex party and be like, Ugh. You know? like <laughs> we can go to an orgy and. And feel mediocre about it. Yeah. It takes it takes something like this, uh, the types of things that we go do, to like actually blow our minds. <laughs>
1: yeah. Seriously, it's like, um, I mean, yeah. This, this past weekend, we we brought the clubhouse to the Alder Manor, and it's like, I was like, oh, I could die happy. I fulfilled the childhood dream of hosting an orgy at a mansion. This is a
0: huge mansion yeah, in uh, seventy
1: two room um, manor. I, I think there's a difference between mansion and manor. But they have, like, three buildings, including a church on the grounds. Um, and it's a uh, huge, huge, huge space. Uh, it's this group called um, You Are So Lucky that produces it. It's a, And that's a sex party group? No, no. It's not even or... a sex party group. It's just a, a party group. Like, they throw these amazing, huge events. Um, they did a festival over the summer. They have, like, tons of performers throughout it. And so
0: you all teamed up to, like, we'll provide the orgy
1: <laughs> yeah. Basically, we were creating an experience there, so we did um, uh, sub training and impact play, which mm. are two of our classes, um, where people would walk through these four rooms. The first room, they're introduced to a dom. Yeah. She gives them a lesson on enthusiastic consent and you know conversation with your sub dom, deciding who should be in what role. Then you go into the next room, which is kind of like adorning your dom and choosing your paddles or flogs or whips or whatever else you want to play with. And then you get into another lesson where it's about impact play, where to hit someone, where to spank someone, how to incorporate red and yellow into your routine, how to know if your partner's sure. good. And at the end, it was aftercare, which we had like sure. a private bar and massages and, and cuddling. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cuddling are you a kinkster? Like are you like, per- is that your thing or is that just something you know you need to provide? I mean, I'm a, I'm a, global, I'm a global citizen of sex, honestly. Yeah? Like, I, uh, I love kink. I love, Everything about it. Um, but I also love more of the spiritual tantric side of the sex. I think, you know, based off the partner, it, it all determines kind of what I'm looking for. You know, in yeah. terms of, you know, BDSM, I would say I'm a switch. I like being sub. I like being dom. I'm in, I'm, I'm, I want to experience everything. You know, everything that it comes to sex that exists, like I want to experience it in some way. Um, with the exception of scat play, yeah. I'm not really interested in shit. But yeah. everything else is good. Yeah, try it all twice. Right? <laughs> yeah. it's like
0: that's why I always say. I say I'll try everything twice because you know I may yeah. it fucked up the first time. Exactly. I want to know. Uh, what have you tried enough of that you were like mm, not for me?
1: Well, I definitely I'm not into like anything that draws blood. <laughs> the, I'm not into like the pain of of certain things. Did that you, are a bit too extreme.
0: Did you notice a year ago? Or maybe like eight eight months to a year ago, all of a sudden it seemed like all of New York City sex parties, everyone was in the needles. Did you notice that? Yeah, I felt like a, everywhere I went, bit, yeah, people were doing much. needle play all of a sudden.
1: Yeah. It's like things like that I'm not really into. I'm not into fisting. I don't want to put my fists in and I don't want to <laughs> fist in me. It feels a little bit too much like puppetry. <laughs> um to, uh I have never I haven't I've done a little bit of furry stuff, but I don't know if I'm into that. It's kind of fun. I don't know if I can do the full like ones where you have the full head. Yeah. I could definitely do it in a onesie I'm down for that. But if I have to put a full animal head on while I'm fucking, I don't think I can do that. You don't want to feel like the high school mascot.
0: I don't want to feel like the high school mascot. Nah, yeah. No
1: one fucked the high school mascot. Yeah. But I think like the thing I'm most into is fantasy play. I love creating scenes. Yeah. I love like getting, you know, a little bit more complicated in how we create something where you have you know, a, a script and you know, have like scenes like there's three scenes we're going to do. Here's the entry scene. Here's a secondary scene. And then like, here's our climax scene, you know? Yeah. Like I like putting on production for sex and I like doing that for people where, you know, members or, you know, people who are my partners will come and be like, I've always wanted to do like something casting couch style and we'll set up a whole casting couch thing in the clubhouse. Yeah. And make it feel like, you know, they're a new performer and they have to show their worth type stuff. Yeah. You know, like that type of stuff is really interesting to me where, you kind of get outside the norm of sex and it's not just, okay, let's fuck today. But it's like, no, no, I'm going to come over and it's going to be this and this and this, and we're going to have this. And this is like the end of like that. I love.
0: Yeah. yeah just someone expresses, I, I was at a party once where someone goes like there's, they're running around cause they're trying to set up a reverse bukkake car wash, Which is like, they were it just, they were like, and we need a skateboard. And the guy could like, <laughs> cause the guy would in theory, I don't know if they actually ended up doing it. I got to ask Lola. Uh, you know, I think you know, yeah, yeah. Like, right, right? So she was, she's like, okay, the guy would be on his back on a skateboard. And then she she's trying to like ground up a bunch of women who can like make themselves squirt. Kind
1: I, of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And they're all, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. So, I know this, I know this conversation. Cool. <laughs>
0: so to, for the Lizzlers, it's, it's all the women would line up with their legs spread and the guy and they would also start jerking off and then they would start squirting. And the guy <laughs> would like be on his back rolling through the Bukaki car wash. So I was like, I want to go through the Bukaki car wash. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the one party i left early that was, why'd i leave
1: why'd i leave it was a bit cocky car wash that's yeah. awesome yeah i think like what i've i've realized over you know now two now three years of doing this is that i love giving people an experience and and fulfilling some sort of fantasy mm-hmm. like the amount of you know members who've come up to me is like i've had my first resum i never did anything with a guy before i've never done anything with a girl before i've never you know, done this or this or i've, I've always wanted to try saint andrew's cross and now i did got to do it or you know the that type of discovery and um just opening up people's minds to what sexual pleasure can be um is the most fulfilling thing for me and i think that's where i get off the most where it's like yay yeah. <laughs> like yeah good for you okay good awesome yes this is working <laughs> awesome awesome uh,
0: what, and do parents know, does this family know about like what you do? Yeah, yeah. You're I'm like the-
1: super, yeah, I'm super open about it. Um, their parents are very religious and they don't love talking about it. Which it religion? Was- Ah, uh, Jehovah's Witness. Okay. I was raised, yeah, I was raised Jehovah Witness. Uh, no wonder you like your birthday so much. I, I was never allowed
0: one as a kid. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I was
1: never allowed a birthday as a kid. And now it's like just a big religious holiday. Sure. Um, where everyone dresses up. It's super sacrilegious. It's okay. Awful, okay. But it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just the scenes that are created from that. And just like, it's very healing for people who were raised in very strict religions to be able to be in their religious garb and just fuck. Uh-huh. like it's so powerful for them and like there's their mindset like immediately changes where they're just like oh my god i didn't realize this you know it's like catholic school girl times a thousand when you you know have someone who's like really yeah it's just it's really interesting
0: yeah uh and so how much does a membership to nsfw cost for you like the base one i know you have your like Holy no, no, I mean, no, no we,
1: It's $96 a year um, That's for a membership. It? Yeah, and then you just pay for events individually. Oh, okay. It's super cheap. I don't
0: know why I thought it was so much more
1: expensive. No. Um, okay. If you do it too expensive, then um, women start seeming like objects, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is unfortunate. Well, do women also have to pay the membership fee? Yeah, women still have to pay the membership fee. So it's a,
0: you have a gender-neutral post, um, approach to admissions yeah. and, and whatnot.
1: Uh, we've tested out things where women get a, a lower price. But usually it's only but like by tw- event. Yeah, by yeah. event. But it's usually like a $20, 30 difference. It's not some crazy amount. Um, Yeah, and it's funny. It's like there's so many people who are like, you have to charge more. You have to charge more. It's <clears> like <throat> if I'm charging $10,000 <laughs> a year for membership, that man or that person is expecting something that they shouldn't be expecting. You and know? you're in a position
0: where he says, I'm going to pull out ten grand," And you're like... Like, if someone says, I'm going to pull out my $100, like, enjoy. Yeah. Someone says, I'm going to pull out ten grand. Now, you got to, like, start to figure out if you have morals. Right. Exactly. Right? And I have a yeah. gambling problem. So, like, I, I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, you know, no, true. That's it what is. attracted me to the parties that I go to was yeah. that there wasn't a difference for man or woman. I was yeah. like, perfect.
1: And it's not about how much money you make to be a member. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, a lot of our members are, are you know, doing cool shit. But a, a lot of it is, like, I just want people who are doing shit. Like, it's not about what you do. Like, if you're an artist and you're making no money, but you're making amazing art, you should be here. If you're, you know, a CEO who's, like, running a, you know, multi-million dollar, we have some, even, yeah, more than that. But, like, you know, if you're one of those people, like, you're not paying that much to join. You know, you're, you're on the same level as the other everyone else who's in the space. You can't pay more to be more in this space. You know, how much is, that? like,
0: one of your, uh, how much is Playdate? Um, $150. $150? okay. Okay. Because I, and that I think,
1: includes, like, drinks all night and a meal. All right. We feed you. Right. Well, like, <laughs> we want you your know, energy up. <laughs> well, my,
0: my introduction to you was, like, and I, I told you this, like, I think before after the the workshop we did for Manhorkon, but I was like, I read some article about you. So oh, yeah, yeah. It was the article that, like, Polyland was all mad about. Yeah. And I'm like, why are they mad? They're always mad. They never laugh about anything. I love my fellow sexpaws poly people, but Jesus, not known for your sense of humor. Yeah. And so I, anytime they're mad about shit, I'm always taking it with a grain of salt and I'm like, I gotta read the thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I saved that article and I didn't read it for like six months. So I remember I texted my ex, uh, my girlfriend at the time. I said, okay, I finally read that Daniel Saint article. She's like, dude, that was forever ago. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I want to talk about it now. <laughs> and it was, uh, and I, I forget exactly which outlet it was, but it was again, it was a yeah. thing where it was, uh, I thought they approached, yeah, fairly. Yeah. I thought but it, there it were was people a, mad definitely. about like
1: accessibility yeah. and, uh, that you were trying to profit off of sex positivity. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been people who've been mad about that. I think, you know, we always, I, I, I was on, like, I got put onto a lot of the communities after our first party was announced and mm-hmm. someone complained about it. It was actually the author who know, ended up writing the story. Um, mm-hmm. That was like the big one that got us a lot of attention. Um, And basically she was like, oh, you know, this is disgusting. I can't believe someone would do this and having all this stuff and just making it seem like, oh, it's, an- it's another play party for rich people, blah, blah, blah. And like for that, the reason why there was concern is because we did have private rooms that we had created. Um, And we sold it to this girl who's hosting a birthday party. Like it wasn't even like a guy, but she was like, oh, some guy's going to buy these and rape all these women and stuff like that. And it was just made to seem, you know, really negative. And also our wording was off. Like I I honestly like this is going to sound really (laughs) silly, but I'm a massive Disney fan. So okay. I, like I literally listened to Disney songs all day at work and like just I really love Disney. So I just seen Zootopia and we were doing like an animal theme. So we had a predator and prey room, which isn't a good term to use when you're dealing with with
0: <laughs> with presence, like their first introduction. Yeah. yeah,
1: it was like, oh, you know, you can get the the pre- the predator room, you know, like you can be like the dominant predator type thing. And, you know, the terminology obviously was a trigger word like it's yeah. it triggered a lot of people, you know, um, and We changed it to like the lion's den or something afterwards, but it was just one of those moments where I I understood what they what they were concerned about and like deep down like that's not what I was trying to do. So we just made changes and adjustments literally like whenever someone complains about something like recently was like, oh, you don't have an option for non gender, you know, non cis non binary. And so we're like, all right, cool. You don't have to choose your gender anymore. Like, it's not a big deal. I was
0: about to – my question was about to be what's, like, been one of your bigger criticisms that you then, like, later either fixed or didn't fix. But it looks like you're just too chill to give a fuck to put up a fight. You're like, fine. You seem so, like, whatever. Like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, okay. Wow.
1: Sure. (laughs) That's – that's what you wanted to like be on Facebook for a couple hours about. Great, all right, change it. Bye. <laughs> if only, if only,
0: I be, if, I, if only I could be so chill. I'd uh, save myself so much anxiety. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I
1: think initially, you know, there hasn't been a company I've ever launched that hasn't been met with some sort of adversity. Yeah. Like fashion, indie, the industry hated us. Like they absolutely hated us because we'd write articles to be like you know which designers put black models on the runway this season and Uh. here's the breakdown of white versus black hispanic and asians on the runway or this designer hosted a big like you know sex orgy or this designer only dates like call boys here's a list of all the you know porns you can watch his boyfriend in, Mm. and we do shit like that which pissed off a lot of people in the industry but eventually like we got too big to to you know mess with in a sense and you know even with socialite which is another company i launched you know People were upset because everyone hated fashion bloggers and everyone hated that they were making money and I'd get a lot of hate mail from People seem
0: to hate it when people make money at a thing you're not good at, right? Yeah. Like
1: the people who <laughs> go like, oh, he's profiting off sex positivity.
0: I'm like, that's because you have sex educator in your Twitter bio, but you sell insurance. Yeah. Okay. It's like, don't be mad because you can't profit.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's some of that. And I think like, you know, uh, I've always heard you know, from some people where it's like, you know, these are a lot of the people who are embracing sex positivity are people who, you know, didn't really find their way in high school. And, you know, they kind of like felt, you know, like they were outcasts and now they created the community and this is their cool thing and people want it. And like, now you're making that available to more people and that worries them that they're going to lose something in what they do. And I was like, I wasn't the cool kid in high school. Like I was not that person. Like I was like the one Hispanic kid in a group of, you know, like upstate New York when we moved up there and in the Bronx I was beat up all the time because I was Jehovah Witness so I couldn't go to birthdays and shit and get pushed down flights of stairs like I was never the popular kid in high school mm-hmm. but I realized like there's ways to make money in this world and there's ways to do things in a way that attract those type of people and like you can do it You can do it in the right way, and and just because we have a party doesn't mean you can't have a party. Mm -hmm. Like this is sex is for everyone. (laughs) Yeah, it's literally for everyone. Like you want to have a party, and it's just like you know, big beautiful black women. Like that's your party, and like that will sell because people want that. If you want to have a party where it's just you know, our Burning Man crew, then that's your party, and that's what you have, and that's great. You can still have that. Like everyone has an option here. We just created this one thing, and this is our version of it. But it doesn't detract from anything else that anyone else does. And I think that's where it's always been interesting because so much of what we want to do is to work with those groups and help them and like bring in sponsorships. Like, why are you paying for condoms? Why are you paying for lube? Why are you paying for toys? Like, let us give it to you. Mm-hmm. Like we have it. We have tons of stuff that we're just giving away to like other groups and stuff. Cause we want to spread this. We want to make it available to more people. Um, but our group is just like a different type of group. Yeah. Like you get to choose who's in your bed. I should be able to choose who's in mine.
0: Yeah. And sex positivity, like it's not a club. I think that's one of the that's one of the things like some of the people on the internet especially those people who found their sanctuary in you know queerness and sex positivity go oh no like this is supposed to be my thing but it's yeah. like it's not anyone's thing it's not it's anyone's just thing a, a way to believe in a healthy
1: outlook on life
0: yeah and like shouldn't you want to share that healthy outlook
1: on life with everybody yeah and I think I think it's calmed down like I feel that once I got off of the forums I, I like I got invited to all these forums I think once I like took myself off, like I don't care what people say, like say mm-hmm. whatever you want. You can talk shit about my party, you can talk shit about me. Like it's not going to affect me in the end. Like it doesn't do anything. Like we're, you know, it's just sour grapes at that point. But I think once I got off and I was able to just like focus on like, okay, what is our actual goal without considering the opinions of people who aren't actually invited to the party? Mm. Um, became much more valuable. Cause now we talk to our members about what they want. You know, it's like, how can we make this better for you? Because you're actually part of this and you're not some outsider who's trying to get in.
0: I'm just taking a lot of that in for myself right now. <laughs> trying to learn how to do it. It ain't easy. Uh, it ain't, it ain't easy. easy.
1: It ain't easy. And uh, and uh, it must, especially for a comedian, it must be so difficult. Well, like, it's, it's like it's just a joke, chill. It's like, whoa, okay.
0: Yeah, well, especially if you op- like if you're just a comedian, like it's easier to write shit off. But like when my my livelihood is, it's the intersection of where like the comedians and uh, and the sex pause people. And I'll say this, you know, I say it often. It's like for the sex pause people, like I'm the super problematic asshole rape apologist. Yeah. But then, like to the comedians, I'm like the liberal, politically correct faggot. Like that, I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't win, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I'm trying. You know, if I could just get as chill as you and not care about winning and just be just being, yeah, yeah, and um, maybe have less tension in my back.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not worth it. Like, I think you know. Early on, like I I like I could waste a day just responding back. Yeah. I could like literally spend an entire day just feeling like responding back to people. And then I realized like, why am I doing this? Like I just wasted a day and I could assign a client and made an extra like five thousand dollars today. Like I just spent time on Facebook talking to people who are never gonna be in here and who have, you know, no place here because they can't chill. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. You know, like it's not that serious, but you know. Um
0: I mean, I spent the other night, uh, literally I got so full of anxiety because I saw someone make a baseless actu- accusation about me on Twitter, which was a thing I went to go search. Like I went, I actively went to go search my name to find criticism. Yeah. Then I let myself get worked up about it and I found myself like fucking curled up in my bed, contacting some people to fucking chill about it uh to like vent about it and if i just you know yeah sent some emails maybe i could have sold some ad space or i could have like
1: yeah you know booked a cool guest everyone everyone, re- wants, joke. everyone wants to steal your your mind space everyone wants to steal your attention especially if you're successful especially if you're doing something that's pushing something forward everyone wants that time of yours and where do whether- the fuck
0: do you discover this where did you what weed did you smoke that got you this outlook.
1: <laughs> um I, it's just, you know, you I always put value on my time. Um and I assessed like my value is about five hundred dollars an hour. So, you know, for me to spend time on something do, do that's you take a check? <laughs> yeah. uh, it might not clear today. Yeah. Well, then that's when you start assessing value. It's like, all right, if I'm going to spend X amount of time, you know, with this person, like the value of it should be somewhere around here. And obviously some things you do produce more value and, and stuff like that. But once you start realizing that time is your most valuable asset, um, once you start realizing that time is the one thing that you can't replace and once you're dead, you're done mm. um, and that this is all the time you have you start putting a little bit more appreciation for the time that you spend on projects and the time that you spend on critics and the time that you spend on people who have an opinion that really doesn't have an, a, an effect. You know, So I think coming to that realization, it, t- it definitely took me a long time with any company that I start early on. Like, obviously I'm concerned about criticism and stuff like that, but at a certain point you get to a critical mass and it becomes less about worrying about critics and more about just, you know, worrying about the people who are helping to support that growth mm-hmm. and, and build that growth. So, um, yeah. I think like you, you, we all have mental real estate. We all have a certain amount of time that we can give towards things. And if you don't value your mental real estate, then you're going to be stuck dealing with critics all day on random forums that no one sees. Yeah.
0: Couldn't agree more, dude. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. Time for the fan whore appreciation moment. What's up? This is the part of the podcast where I like to thank a couple of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. What is Patreon? It's kind of like a monthly fan club subscription. You choose how much money you pledge each month, and depending on how much you pledge, you get various types of rewards, which include all sorts of bonus episodes of the Man Whore Podcast. This week I want to say a thank you to Vivek uh who also had to tell me how to say his name properly thank you for that buddy uh you know i went to go look up vivek do a little bit of stalking so i could uh, say something personal about him and when you look him up on facebook the first thing that shows up is uh that he likes nickelback well you know we 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 can't all have great musical taste but you do have a great taste in podcasts. thank you for your support and then also a shout to nicole s out in california Uh, She she looks like an all-American gal with an all-American fella doing all-American things while waving a flag that says America. I'm glad that you support our country and the Man Whore podcast on Patreon. And you too can become a member for as little as $1 per month. That gives you access to our super secret Facebook group, The Champagne Room. Our super secret, I'm doing like uh, shoulder shrugs to the left and to the right on each point. <laughs> uh, our super secret uh, Facebook group, The Champagne Room. Our super secret naughty picture sharing kick group, The Peep Show. Exclusive bonus episodes of the Man Whore Podcast and so much more. Join today at patreon.com slash That's That's Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. But now let's wrap up with me and Daniel Saint, and uh, and how long have you been with the uh, the boyfriend now? Because you all just moved in together, and there's all that happiness. Yeah, and... I mean,
1: we lived together for we've been living together on and off. Like he's lived with me a couple times. This is the first time I'm moving into his place. Um, uh, but now we're gonna be uh, two and a half years now, and, he, and and cool with all the stuff, all the orgy things, and yeah, like I I mean I think it, it's the benefit of being with another guy who's bisexual. Like we are in the same like mental state when it comes to sex. We're very much like thinking about it in the same ways and he's younger. And so like, for me, it's like just, I get so happy for him to just be able to enjoy and experience things that, that are available and, 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 you know, to live that. And I've experienced a lot. And, you know, I think we just share this, we share compersion. Like we're, we're very compersive people. Um, where we're excited about that. So sexually we're aligned. Um, he is, he's he's just such a unique individual and he makes me so happy and he's just he's absolutely amazing like he i, I just i worry about people stealing him away that's the main thing <laughs> <You> do, <laughs> but no,
0: uh, genuinely as a because you said before like I mean, genuine, you identify as poly so do you yeah. actually worry that you might he might get stolen away
1: i don't know i think that's always a concern when you're like experiencing things um and you're not living a, a true monogamous 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 relationship and you know, the, it's like, I think there's always that, you know, worry. And especially when it's, it's with a bisexual guy, cause it's like, well, you know, like sometimes I do like girls better than guys. Like sometimes I, you know, it's like then it becomes like a whole fear of the other gender type thing. But I don't know. I think we've, we, we worked through a lot of things. He's super communicative. He's very, very honest about, you know, his feelings and stuff. And it's just, it's amazing to have him in my life cause he just makes me so happy. Um, and I hope I do the same. So, um, I think that fear is always there, you know, like that'll always be there. There's never going to be an open relationship where you are a hundred percent, always honestly a hundred percent open, you know, sure. like where you're always like, okay, this is exactly what I want. Sometimes you're going to have those moments where you're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> and you kind of like work through those things and you figure it out. Um, how, how do you work through that? Communication, just mm-hmm. talking about it. Like for me, I'm, I'm always like, I, I, I feel like I experience emotions in a couple different ways. Like, I never, you know, outright. I'm upset, but I do get quiet, and I do have to like think and and reassess and contemplate it, and and like play it through in my mind for certain things that might bother me. Um, and I'm never actually like bothered by his actions or anything else like that. It's more like just that worry, you know. Like I've now committed more of my attention to you, and more of my heart to you, and more of my love to you, and like that idea that it might not be there is always a fear, especially when you know, from leaving a marriage to finding him, like it was like three months that I was like technically alone. And then I met this guy and like, I'm like, fuck this guy's like, like exactly what I would want. You mm-hmm. know, like this is exactly, you know, I left my marriage in fear of not finding the thing that I thought was out there and then found it right away. So now there's always that like, fuck, like, okay, damn it. <laughs>
0: damn it. Why, are you so, why are you so awesome? <laughs> I was looking forward to a little bit of a search. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. Kind of.
1: I was just, yeah, it kind of, it happened so quickly. Um, but I, I'm really a relationship type of person, honestly. I, like, love being in relationships. I love knowing that there's someone out there who's, like, not necessarily mine, because I don't think of it in a possessive way, but someone who cares about me as much as I care about them. Um, and that feeling is, like, so important. So, yeah, I think there's always that fear of losing, like, that person and mm-hmm. Yeah. Well
0: there's a the difference know. between losing the person and losing them to someone else because in theory it's like, you know, if you're if you're Polly, you're thinking like, yeah, they may, you know, he may get another boyfriend or girlfriend, and that's cool because like I'll still be the boy a uh, boyfriend or you know, I'll I'll still be a boy. I, I like I was like, yeah. I'll still be a boyfriend or girlfriend. We'll see yeah. where I'm
1: at in five years. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, <laughs> Billy's making a big announcement today.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exclusive on the Manor Podcast. I'm um,
1: beginning my Yeah, no. Um no, I you know, I think uh I don't know. It's like, we've had a girlfriend before. Yeah. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. We've been in the, the, the tripod situation and, you know, she was like our primary girl and we were each other's primary males. So it was like a really kind of worked out well. And for me, my ideal situation would be something like that, you know, just knowing that there's like kind of that set partner, especially for long term type stuff. Um, But yeah, we've tried that and it it works. And I think he's become more open-minded in terms of like being open and liking that. And that works for us right now and it's working Mm -hmm. well. Um, But I think like, I don't know. It's like my mindset goes different ways. Like I can see us just being each other's primary and not really having, you know, secondaries. But at the same time, like, a lot of our sexual relationships last for so long and like these individuals like at some point become kind of like part of the relationship. They become some way. sort
0: of a partner because yeah, like you know, some, you're not just fucking indiscriminately. It's just right. Like yeah.
1: Have, and I don't like fucking indiscriminately. I don't like just right. having random sex with people um, just to have sex. Like it doesn't feel fulfilling to me in any way. I, I prefer to know my partners and to have some sort of connection with them or some sort of like purpose with them, whether it's, you know, you're going to be my new sub or right you know, something else like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a challenge. It's still very new to me too. Like, you know, I think there's people who've been in this world who've been doing the poly thing for so long or since they've been you know able to date. And for me, it's like less than three years. So it's, you know, and,
0: and already came out as bi, came out, came out, <laughs> came out as poly and started throwing sex parties. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. really jam packed it all in. Well, yeah yeah i figured like some yeah. would say that you know like eke it out you know season by season
1: Um uh, yeah <laughs> yeah some would say that i i kind of <laughs> I rush into things um no uh i think it's just always been there yeah cool. and like once i was able to fully do it it was it was really good and just like for the agency side and what we do with brands like i've you know at a certain point you get tired of selling handbags and shoes and things that don't actually offer any sort of fulfillment and it has that like vague feeling of fulfillment because now I have like presence and now people know that I'm rich or something, whatever else you want to get out of a product. But like with sex toys and like cannabis brands and stuff that actually has true impacts on the way people's lives are lived, Mm -hmm. like it's totally different. So I think it's just that satisfaction of being able to work in a field that everything I'm doing and everything I'm talking about really connects to what I believe and and makes me feel good.
0: That's awesome, dude. Well, I think you got a really fucking cool thing going on here with NSFW. I was just like... Like I said, I was blown. I was so pleasantly, like I don't want to say surprised. Like I thought you were a shithead, just Mm. more like shocked in that. Like I didn't know what to expect, and then guy gives me an enthusiastic consent workshop, which is what you know exactly what i want we got to change minds i got to see cool things got to draw we drew dicks on the yeah, wall we drew some it was really the fun uh and so <laughs> so if people are interested uh by the way i don't know your um do you have like 10 15 minutes we can do a little bonus yeah, content we'll talk about weed fuck yeah because we didn't get to talk about that i know that's I'll a big thing for, perfect so we'll do a we'll do a bonus episode about weed and sex but in the meantime where can people find you where can they find nsfw
1: um yeah just go to ns fw.com um and you can find all the information there. It takes you to our agency site. It takes us uh, to to the private club. Um, you can also like listen to our tracks on SoundCloud. Um, yeah, join. We have the NSFW archives. We produce about 20 to 30 articles a month that are just dedicated to understanding sex and cannabis and studies mm-hmm. and stuff that are happening in that space. The content's really fun to look at. We get a lot of sexy gifts. <laughs> Um, Yeah, ns
0: fantastic uh daniel uh thank you so much why don't you say goodbye to everybody peace out cool dude right huh i gotta tell you that 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 line everyone wants to steal your mind space whoa mind blown man that is that is spot on thanks for teaching me daniel um how to not let the haters get me down. All right, uh, be sure to go check out more of NSFW and Daniel Say at ns fwcom uh, They are at We Are NSFW on the social medias. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as well. Did you know that? Of course you did. But are you following me? You should go give me a follow at the Billy And then you know, why don't you go ahead and give us a little shout out? Let us know what you thought about the show. Use the hashtag Manhor Podcast. You may even hear it on the, this very show. Become a member of my fan whore community for as little as $1 per month at patreon.com/slash man podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com/slash man podcast. Last but certainly not least, enter to win a free Stay Slutty button by filling out a short survey regarding Man uh, Visit Visit man slash manhor con pod slash con right uh there'll be a link in the show notes if you're getting confused fill that out by december 30th and be entered to win uh next week you you'll likely be hearing from me and one of my uh former flames a gal i i, I think we tried to date twice we have not recorded yet so i'm very curious how the conversation is going to go uh so but now i got to go get ready for a date i haven't showered uh, but so I hope you all enjoy yourselves, and as always, I hope you stay slutty.